This is Pandemic Buzz, a place where resilience practitioners gather to listen to insights from crisis management, business continuity, and crisis communications professionals. I'm your host, Devin Sermenis, a managing director at Widow Bryant's, a firm solely dedicated to supporting clients to prepare, respond, and recover from devastating events. Throughout this series, you'll hear from subject matter experts from a variety of industries and geographies. The intent is to share insights and best practices that you can adopt during these unusual times, or at the very minimum, some human elements that will further connect us as we adapt to new routines both at work and at home. Mike, Guy, welcome to Pandemic Buzz, and thanks for being guests as we continue the Honeywell sessions. Hey, thanks very much, Devin. Please tell our listeners your full names, titles, and what you focus on at Honeywell. And Mike, please go first. I'm Mike Pollack. I'm the Vice President of Integrated Supply Chain Global Logistics at Honeywell. Uh, my responsibilities are heading up logistics and distribution across our divisions. And Guy? Yeah, my name is Guy Grispit. I'm the Vice President of Global Business Resilience, which at Honeywell includes crisis management, business continuity, and disaster recovery governance. And I'm responsible for designing and driving the implementation of that program across the organization. Great. Let's get into some knowledge sharing for our listeners. At Honeywell, internal manufacturing is the supply chain. What happened during COVID with Honeywell's supply chain and how did you keep it running? Devin, I think the first thing we had to do was pull it more closely together. Um, we, we pulled together, obviously, the manufacturing, our demand supply, production planning teams, uh, HR, IT, government relations, and our supplier partners daily conversations about what COVID meant to Honeywell and how we kept our operations going. Uh, our operations across the globe were deemed essential. Uh, so we, there was an absolute need. It was not a shutdown for us. It was more an understanding of how are we going to function in this new um, environment and continue operations. Yeah, Mike, can you talk a little bit about centralization of teams and the platforms at Honeywell? Sure. Uh, Honeywell has, has operated kind of in two different modes, uh, we'll say, over the last 20 years. Previously, Honeywell operated many of its business units very much as with decentralized supply chain processes. Uh, over the last five years, uh, there's been a really concerted effort to go and centralize and unlock the value of the supply chain at Honeywell. This consisted of centralizing direct, indirect purchasing, the planning efforts, and in my case, logistics and distribution efforts. Mike, during your time at Honeywell, what have you learned about and or changed in terms of manual and automated processes? When I joined Honeywell, we were a, kind of just starting out on the journey to automate many of our logistics and distribution systems. Uh, in the logistics freight area, it was really built around a transportation management system. We've migrated from a, a very small percentage of our total spend through it to it, we end this year, we're at about 90%. The pandemic really accelerated this effort, and we had a great necessity to change the capacity sources and the partners we were using uh, as issues came out. An example would be the loss of passenger aircraft capacity for air cargo. Doing that in a manual uh, system was consisted of us contacting individual sites, changing routing guides. Uh, bottom line, it's far too slow. Automated process was just a simple upload to the transportation management system, and from a site execution standpoint, it was very much transparent. So I think we, you know, the biggest learning in here is that we were on the right path. But the other thing we took away was that the automated systems, we need to ensure that they don't become a new single point of failure. Uh, we need to be extremely careful and that we have, while we have a lot of ability to fix problems and solve them, we've got to make sure we have redundancies so they run uh, no matter what happens. 
building on vendor management uh, as, as you continue, what sort of transition is still taking place in terms of like shifts and vendors, adding new ones, all while you guys are minimizing days of downtime? Oh, when I joined Honeywell, uh, my initial role was simply the operations and to go and transform those operations, logistics and distribution. It was my very first day. I asked to also take control of the supplier contracts and be effectively the CPL for those. I think this is something you see in a startup company. You never really have the luxury of multiple departments, but we had to apply a startup mentality at Honeywell. And in order to do rapid transformation, we needed to take the supply base with us. We needed to look at make sure that we had very, very strong partner relationships and, and as few as possible. So we had both you know, high capabilities, but also redundancies uh, that go through the system. This was important to us as we went through the pandemic. We found that over 60% of our suppliers for a given lane commodity changed at least once during the past year. Uh, and those changes were essential for us to maintain business continuity. I think, uh, Devin, if I can, it's just interesting uh, hearing Mike talk about that logistics piece. He talked about pulling it closer together and having that greater situational awareness and that vendor management piece. And in the resilience space, vendor management is something, you know, we're looking at very closely because we really want to understand our vendors, uh, not only so we can have those meaningful relationships with them, but we want to make sure that we're not creating critical points of failure as well. And so we've been working with Mike's team and the chief procurement officers to really get that sort of connectivity and understanding across the value chain to all parts of the organization. So it's critical from the broader resilience piece as well. Yeah, so Mike Guy, we've talked about adaptive leadership and Honeywell's overarching approach to supply chain management, a little bit about optimizing your organizational structure, process efficiency, and now vendor management. So this next question is kind of multi-parted. What type of approach and what types of teams have you put in place to address emerging supply chain issues? And how have you adjusted timeframes to be better in line with solving these issues? And perhaps is it best to couch these questions under the umbrella of escalation responsibilities? I think what defines success under pandemic like COVID and the changes we had to make and also what would be successful or what's excellence uh, when you're just running an ongoing operation and driving productivity and continuous improvement are exactly the same. If you see what we've done from a team standpoint, we really built the teams around the new systems. The systems have defined the process that enabled this central management and enterprise-wide visibility to everything we do in logistics and distribution. As we pulled that together, we pulled the teams together, the teams across the verticals that exist within Honeywell. Uh, there are really no special snowflakes of logistics within Honeywell. It's you know, We use the key modes that that everyone uses. There's some slightly different problems that occur. There's some slightly different materials and certainly a scale of materials, but, but nothing's particularly unique. As you create the central system, it only it makes sense. The most efficient, the most logical process is to run it as combined effective teams. So we pulled the verticals together, but I also mentioned you know, combining my CPO role. We've also merged together the operational teams with the sourcing teams. And in the sourcing area, that's in a place where we've had a lot of change. The traditional mindset here was annual RFPs and renewing things. And I'm not sure that that model works going forward. You know, businesses had, had to move at a much quicker pace. COVID's just an example of, you know, global thing driving that at a, at a massive scale. But those same characteristics were always there. So looking at how do we have very effective processes that go and merge the operations with the needs of the supplier partners and the, and the uh, 
and the, the businesses themselves. And we kind of did that where the teams consist of our supplier partners. We've got the ops team and we've got the sourcing team. Uh, they kind of got it set up by time zone. These same teams are the ones we, we used for escalations throughout COVID. And now they're more focused on driving productivity and this day-to-day opera, our operating management operating system. How have all these topics discussed so far influenced how you're moving resilience forward with business continuity and vendor management in an integrated fashion, so to speak? What it's taught us the most is we just need to move faster in this space. So we need to, in the end, integrate a much larger team. Uh, As we create the digital interface and the visibility and the transparency, it gives us an opportunity to work differently. Um, We certainly can share information that others may not have looked in detail into logistics. And Many of our partners, both the internal, the operations, the sourcing, our supplier partners and our partners across resilience and the organization, uh, we can provide that data and transparency to help them respond to items that are important in their area. Yeah, and I'd add, 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 add on that, Devin, that I think Mike's work is sort of integral to the resilience program. You know, I think I've said during this series a number of times that resilience at Honeywell is a really whole of organization response. And what Mike has just spoken to is really talking to not only his team and how they operate and how they work during this past pandemic, but also to the partners he works with in other parts of the organization. And then again, on top of that, you know, the software piece and the analytics piece also helps make sure we integrate that. So getting the right information and the right data and making sure we see risk and impact in the same way is is crucial um, as we sort of work through this and, and go forward. Thanks, Guy. Mike, in talking to peers, what do you do really well in the face of some longstanding approaches to supply chain management, which may have started to crumble under the weight of the pandemic or really shown itself in terms of needing to change? I think our combination of operations along with the sourcing teams is a highly effective strategy. Keeping those two things very close together in a large organization, I argue, is a best practice. And it's one of the things that tends to slow down larger organizations, whereas smaller ones don't have this problem. I think that was really a strength for us, and it allowed us to respond more quickly than many other large companies to go ensure we had capacity in place. How has Honeywell helped support state and local counterparts with supply chain and third parties? And are there any insights you can share in terms of assessing the need for changes in associated laws and regulations that would be beneficial? I think the best example might be around is COVID kind of um, spread around the world. We had a lot of rules around the shutdowns that took place. And as these came out, there was a lot of uncertainty in some areas. What did it mean? How should it be interpreted for logistics? How do essential enterprises continue to run? Honeywell has an extremely strong government relations team. In every country and local area that we operate, we have very strong partnerships and we invest in the communities. During COVID, that was a huge asset to us. We were able to not only get our operations running, but we were able to help each of our partners do the same. Anyone who was struggling to understand how do they get running on the way in? How do they restore the supply chains? How do they get proper permissions for things like truck drivers to operate? And in some cases, there were letters that required or there were certain registrations that had to be put in place, government approvals for sites to reopen. Um, I That was a, a huge bright spot in Honeywell, what Honeywell was able to do for our partners. 
So, Mike, thinking through things like labor shortages, factory closures, uh, disruptions in delivery routes and logistic hub lockdowns, all of these things are factors driving a digital revolution for supply chain and logistics. Things that you're hearing being discussed broadly in 2021 are artificial intelligence, big data, blockchain, digital twins, and robotics. How's Honeywell thinking through the spectrum of digital solutions to make their supply chain management more resilient, especially in our highly globalized economy? Well, a lot of these are, are fun buzzwords right now. The, the truth that everyone probably knows already is 90% of the work comes in the master data and the building of the, the basic structure to enable behind this, the data feeds, the digitization. Uh, once you get there, AI, ML becomes a, a huge asset. It can play somewhat a role in cleaning up the data and cleaning it up on an ongoing basis. But a lot of the foundation starts at the elemental level and how things are connected and how is data going in clean in the first place. The most exciting thing about Honeywell is we actually, our, our fifth division is Honeywell Connected Enterprise. Uh, Honeywell has centralized how we connect our products back to analytics, AI, ML. And this is an area where we excel and continue to grow our capabilities. That includes us now building our own internal solutions in the same Forge space. The product itself is called Honeywell Forge. It has a lot of solutions from building technologies to aircraft. I'm very excited about what this is able to do. It's a world-class system, capable to provide solutions really for industrials, including us. And this is the, the kind of the sandbox we're using for building out all of our internal solutions as we bring it together. And it really is the point where we bring together the connections between planning systems, logistic systems, and manufacturing systems, and then use that data to do some of the, the cool stuff you're hearing about. I think I just echo what Mike was saying about that, you know, the digitization, the analytics capability, because I think I spoke about it before, Devin, in one of our discussions, but that's really the core of the broader resilience program at Honeywell as well. I, I know we talked about what the future of resilience is, not only at Honeywell, but broadly. And I think the future is really having that AI, having that data analytics, using big data in the right way, but also making sure it's the right data and it's seen across the organization. You know, we can share data from Mike's team, my team, the business, and other parts and other functions within Honeywell to drill, really drive a connected picture. And that helps us drive a connected way of looking at resiliency broadly across the organization. So it's a, it's a good journey. It's a fun journey to be on. And being in Honeywell, as Mike talked to with Forge, um, we're really at the forefront of that. And so uh, I think you'll see some pretty exciting things happening um, with Honeywell over the next coming years. Mike and Guy, that's really good content in terms of a segue to our last question and our last little bit of knowledge sharing. So we've talked a lot about resilience as part of the corporation, both as uh, disciplines as well as functionally. How is Honeywell tying resilience into the communities in which they operate and reside? Yeah, it's a great question, Devin. And I think sometimes it's a sort of forgotten part of the resilience program. At Honeywell, we really take it extremely seriously. And we have an organization called Honeywell Hometown Solutions. And uh, Marty Skull Jordan is part of that organization. And it'll be really great to have her come and speak to some of that because we put a great amount of effort into how we look after the community and the employees following an incident and during an incident as well. So um, it'll be good to speak to her. Yeah, and I know we were talking with Marty and setting up a recording for her to talk more about that Honeywell Hometown Solutions and integrating the resilience into the community. So really looking forward to that. Uh, Mike, Guy, thanks again for being guests on Pandemic Buzz and for continuing to provide access uh, really to the candid thinking behind the approaches you're using to build resilience at Honeywell. Thanks, Devin. Thanks very much, Devin. 
Thanks again for listening to Pandemic Buzz. Please like and share this podcast with your colleagues and be sure to catch our next episode.